Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Terrence Wilson, lead pastor of Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. So, y'all can actually go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat. Happy Sunday. Are you guys excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Y'all, we are kicking off this new summer series. And before we get into this word, I believe that the Holy Spirit have given me a word um, for someone in this place. I first want to go ahead and acknowledge our online audience. Let's make some noise for our cool family that are watching online. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in with us. And speaking of online, I know that I know that our dear pastors are watching online. So y'all, let's honor Pastor Terrence and Joanne. Let's honor our pastors who are so faithful. They work so hard and they're taking this time of rest. And my prayer is that the Lord will fill you up and refresh you and renew you for the good works that he is doing in this place. Y'all, exciting things are happening here at Cool Church. And so we love you. We miss you. Like, hurry up and come back, but like, get your rest all at the same time. And so, you know, um, who's ready for this word? Amen. Y'all, so before Pastor Terrence left, of course, he set the tone last week. Who was here last week? Who was blessed by last week? He set the tone before he left. We just wrapped up this um, Holy Spirit series called Higher Learning. And so it was really beautiful. And I've been super encouraged hearing the different testimonies and stories about people that have been experiencing deliverance and breakthrough in the name of Jesus. They've been learning how to walk out the fruits of the spirit, right? Learning how to... um, operate in the spirit. Somebody say amen to that. And so I'm excited for what's to come. I'm believing that this summer is going to be the littest summer that Cool Church has seen. And so that is why we're calling it a hot summer. The Holy Spirit is going to continue to do the work that has already been started. And so today is actually what you would call Freedom Sunday. Because, of course, you know, it's Independence Weekend, and so it's Freedom Sunday, and that's what I'm going to be talking to you guys about today. We are going to be talking about freedom. We're going to be talking about freedom, and, you know, this word has been really heavy on my spirit and, you know, on my heart because I've had so many conversations with um, believers and non-believers, but mostly with believers recently who walk around defeated and discouraged, but yet we have free, like we have freedom through Christ Jesus. So many believers are walking around captive to sin, captive to their past, to the lies of the enemy, staying in the same place, walking around with no hope and no joy. And so that's why I believe that the Holy Spirit has given me a word that is going to bring deliverance and breakthrough and break strongholds and freedom is going to take place. Amen. Amen. So let us go ahead and pray. Father God, I just thank you, Jesus, for today, Lord God. I thank you for every single person that is under the sound of my voice, Lord. I believe that you are an intentional God, so it is not by mistake that there are here today, Lord God. I pray that as your word goes forth, that it would not return void in the name of Jesus, God, that it would pierce hearts, Lord God, that hearts and minds would be open and receptive to what it is that you're wanting to reveal, Lord God, to what your truth is. 
Lord God, so that we can walk out the freedom that we have through you, Jesus. I thank you that when we leave this place, our lives will never be the same, Lord. I pray that I would lie down so that you can rise up, that this would not be my words, but yours, that you would be glorified, Jesus. It is in your name that I pray, amen, amen. And so let's get into it, y'all. Like I've been saying, you know, my heart has been heavy about the reality that so many believers are not operating in the freedom that they have. You see, I feel like the enemy has done a really pretty good job at keeping many believers in a place of captivity and bondage, going through the same cycles over and over, dealing with the same things and missing out on the fullness of who God is and the freedom that they already have available through Christ Jesus. It's already been available to us. We have access to it. And so I love that Pastor Terrence last week, he, he was teaching about how as children of God, we have been called to live from glory to glory. You see, Jesus didn't take up that cross for us to experience the basement, the bare minimum. There is fullness for you in Christ Jesus. There's more for you to experience in Christ Jesus. And I love it because last week, hundreds of you were anointed and it was so beautiful. We saw a breakthrough. We saw people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. People be set free and delivered and praise God for that. How many of you guys were blessed by that? But like, may I submit to you the fact that that does not have to just be a Sunday service experience. That going from glory to glory can be your lifestyle. That having new encounters with Jesus can be a part of your everyday life. That his Holy Spirit at work in you and through you can be a part of your everyday portion. As a believer, it should be because it's already been given to you. Yet so many of us, we come to church, we enjoy service, right? We have these moments with Jesus. We experience his power. We feel good. But then as soon as we get home, it's like the feeling is gone. A lot of the times, you don't even have to get home. It's as soon as you get to your car, right? You start feeling the same. You start going back into your same routines, your same habits. Depression starts to creep back in. You start going to the, uh, you know, the coping mechanisms that you've established, the vices that are temporarily making you feel good, and the reality of like life, just life in, right? Because that's what, the, what it does. It starts to set back in. And then just like that, we're back in the same place. It feels like the glory is gone. We've taken two steps forwards and three steps back, but I believe that the Lord has sent me here to encourage somebody and let you know that that does not have to be your story, that defeat does not have to be your reality, that you do not have to stay in a place of discouragement and discontentment, for you are not a victim. You are victorious through Christ Jesus. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have already been given everything that you need to get back up and to walk it out so that you can be who God has has called you to be so that you can do what God has called you to do for he said he came to give you life and life more abundantly and so if you have your Bibles in this place you could go ahead and turn to John 8 we're going to be reading from John 8 we're going to start off on uh, at verse 12 and then we're going to go down to verse 31 to 35 and so 
John 8, 8 through 12 says, well, 8, 12 says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Then we go down to John 8, 31 to 35. It says, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendant and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. Amen. That's a good place to say amen. And so just to give you guys a little context of what's happening in these verses that we're reading. So in these verses, we see how Jesus is offering discipleship and freedom to those that are believing in him. And this verse, it's actually happening right after Jesus is having a debate with the Pharisees. And he's letting them know, like, hey, I, I know you think that you know who God is, but you really don't know who God is. And if you don't believe in me, you're going to die in your sins. He's, he's letting them know that when they oppose his word, because his word is God's word, then they're really opposing God the Father. And then he goes on to let them know, like, hey... My father has not left me. He will not leave me. And I have done and I will continue to do what's pleasing to the father to the point that he's going to take up a cross. And so that is the context of what's happening a little bit before the verses that we read. And so right before we get into verse 831, it says that many of the Jews that were listening to his teachings began to believe. And so the verses that we read today, that is what Jesus is, is telling them and teaching them as they began to believe. He's letting them know what they need to do in order to continue in belief. And so then what happens? You know, the reaction of the religious leaders basically said was like, we're good. We're good, right? Because the Jews at that time, they had a really strong um, sense of their independence. So instead of leaning into the teaching and what Jesus was telling them, they're like, we're not Abraham's descendant. We have not been a slave to anyone. So they were missing what Jesus was really trying to let them know. And he was saying like, hey, I'm referring to being a slave to sin, which is the worst kind of sin because no one can escape from it except through the son. Only the son of God sets us free and brings us into the household of God. And so the point of this text is very clear. The point of his message was very clear. Freedom only happens in relationship with Jesus and in being his disciple. You see, so when we say yes to Jesus, we have been adopted into sonship because of Jesus, because of what he did on that cross, and then because of his blood, we have been made a new creation. We're no longer, our father doesn't see us through the lens of our past and our sins and our mistakes and our shortcomings, for we're no longer a slave to sin. We have been set free. Yet so many believers walk around defeated. Why is that? You see, I believe that the enemy has convinced us that there isn't more. He has manipulated us into thinking that the lobby is as good as it gets, when in reality, there's levels to this. How many of you guys know there's levels to this? 
How about you look at the person to your left or to your right and be like, sis, bro, there's levels to this. You see, the enemy wants nothing more than to keep you in a low place. He want to keep you captive, captive to your thoughts, captive to your anxiety, captive to depression, to your lust, to your pride, to your bitterness, to the feeling of unworthiness, because he knows that these are the things that will hinder you from being free and living a purpose-filled life. And so today, if you are taking notes, the title of this message is called Stay Free. Stay free. And we're going to be talking about how do you go from the lobby to the top floor because you already have access. It's already been given to you. How do you walk in that freedom through Christ Jesus? How do you stay free so that you can be who God has called you to do and to be and set and do the work that he has set before you? Because that's what this is all about. We have been called to mission, to be kingdom builders. But you can't be on mission when you don't even know who you are and you're not walking in freedom. For you have freedom. He said, whom the sun sets free, it's free indeed. So the question is, will you stay free? Will you stay free so that you can experience the new levels of Jesus? And so there are three things that I believe that are needed in order for us to tap into that more, in order for us to stay free. And the first one is this. We have to know the truth about whose we are and who we are. Whose we are and who we are. You see, understanding, the understanding of whose you are will impact the way that you see yourself. John 8, 12 says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That is who we are attached to. That is where our identity is found. And more often than not, our identity is impacted by who we are attached to. Right? How many of us have heard the sayings, right? Like, you your mama's daughter, like you your daddy's son, right? You know, you stubborn just like your daddy. You selfish just like your mama, right? We hear these things all the time because there's, there's power in who you are attached to. Many people walk around and deal with identity issues because of who their parents are. And if they don't know who their parents are, then a lot of the times they go through life with no real sense of identity, seeking for identity and validation. And so having confidence in who God is as our creator, as our father, helps us understand who we are as his children. He is the one that created us. He is our heavenly father. The word said that before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. He set you apart. So you're not just Shirley's kid or Jose's son. No, you are a child of the most high God, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that is light, the one that is truth. That means that you have no reason to be walking in darkness because you belong to light. You belong to light. 1 John 3, 1 says, see what great love the father has lavished on us. 
that we would be called children of God, and that is what we are. You are a child of God. You are so loved by God, and he created you with so much purpose and intentionality. You have been called and set apart, anointed and appointed. First Peter 2, 9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. I feel like someone needed to be to re- needed to be reminded that of that. He says you are his special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. When you know whose you are, you know who you are. So what I'm saying is, and you may or may not come for me and that's okay, you are not a Scorpio, you are not a Leo, you are not a Pisces, you are not a them, a they, a there, a this, a that. You are a child of God, bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. Stop identifying yourself with the things that this world and the labels that this world wants to put on you. You walking around talking about my horoscope said this because I I am stubborn and because I am hard-headed and I am prideful and I love too much. Bro, we all are. We're humans. That is a part of our humanity. That is a part of our flesh. So how about you start walking around and declaring and attaching your identity with the spirit of God and the fruit of God and your heavenly father. And then you can start declaring, I am free, I am whole, I am complete, joy is my portion, I have purpose, I am a royal priesthood, a holy nation, I am gentle, I am kind, I am humble, I am consistent. How about you stop claiming cancer and you start claiming the blood of Jesus and watch how things begin to shift in your life. You see, Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have to stop allowing the enemy to play these mind games with us. Because then we want to act like we don't understand why we're going through, why we're going through, why we're dealing with certain things, why we're dealing with certain spirits, why we're getting attacked. You have given him access. You have attached yourself to certain things. So stop giving him access to these things that will have you being something that you were not even called or created nor intended to be. You are in this world, not of this world. So stop blending in with the rest of them. You see, there is nothing more that the enemy would want than for you to suffer from a case of mistaken identity. He doesn't want you to know who you are, but he knows exactly who you are. He knows who you are and he will come and play mind games with you to distract you from your destiny and from operating in the power that you have through Christ Jesus. He wants you to stay in the same place, dealing with the same sins, going through the same vicious cycles. Because he knows that if he could get you to believe his lies, he can make you think that you are useless, that you are powerless, that you are unworthy. And then he knows that you will not even feel equipped nor entitled to stand up against him and his, and his demons, right? For you are a child of God. Amen? The second point that I believe that we need to know in order to stay free is that we need to know the truth about the power that we carry. We have to know the truth about the power that we carry. You see, you have to know the truth because that is where freedom is found. Jesus said, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
The enemy will play mind games with you to get you to doubt what you're capable of because he wants you to stay in the pit. He wants you to stay in the darkness. He wants you to be blinded to the truth. He is a liar. He is the fathers of lies. That's why Jesus said in John 8, 44, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Let me ask you today, who is your father? Who is your father? Who are you acting like? Who are you identifying with? Because in this verse, we see here that Jesus says that Satan is the fathers of lies. But a few verses before that, he says, I am the truth. So are we allowing the father that is the truth to influence us? Or are we being influenced by the father of lies? Who are we being influenced by today? You see, when we're talking about mind games, because that's what the enemy does. He likes to play mind games and mind tricks on us. When you look at that word, it means a psychological tactic used to manipulate or intimidate. The enemy is a manipulative narcissist, which means he is someone that will play mind games with you to manipulate you to the point to where you'll start to question your judgment, your memory, and your reality. The main goal of anyone that's manipulative is to gain a sense of control or power over another person. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to manipulate you. He wants to cloud up your judgment concerning your lifestyle, concerning your identity, concerning your actions, your desires, your thoughts, your perception. Because our perception, right, is the lens in which we, we see things through, right? It impacts our perspective. And so he understands that perception is reality. Perception is reality. And I tell this to people all the time. Yo, the greatest war that we go through, it's in our mind. That is the biggest battlefield. That's why the Bible tells us things like, take every thought captive and submit it and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible tells us to be renewed, right? That's why the Bible tells us to think about things from above, good things, heavenly things, because it all starts in our mind. He wants to play mind games with us. And so if the enemy can get you to believe that you don't have power, if he could steal your identity, then he knows that you will remain in a place of defeat. I love what author Craig Rochelle wrote in one of his books. He said, a lie believed as truth will affect you as if it were truth. I wonder how many of us are walking around living a truth that's really a lie. Are we living a truth that is really a lie. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. That means a full life, a full life. So if the enemy, if he could deceive you, if he could, if he could deceive you, then he could steal your joy. He could steal your peace. He can kill your confidence. He could kill your faith, your belief, your purpose, because he knows that these are the things that will hinder you from living a full life in Jesus. It will hinder you from going higher. He knows that when you stay in a no place, then it's all about you. It's not about what God can do through you. Because you're so consumed with how you feel and what you want and what you're going through. Woe is me. I'm the victim. That it blinds you to what you're even really capable of. God's will and desires for you. You can't carry out mission when you're all consumed with you. 
You have to know the truth, and the truth is that you have power and you have authority. Luke 10, 19 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Nothing will harm you. As a child of God who has power and authority, nothing will harm you. And that matters because when you know whose you are and who you are, then you begin to move different. You're not entertaining the foolishness and the distractions of the enemy. You're not easily thrown off because you are on assignment. You know that you have purpose. You know that you have work to do. And so you don't have time for all that extra foolishness because you know that nothing will harm you. You know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know that no tongue that rises up against, you know that any tongue that rises up against you shall be condemned. You know that you could bind it here on earth and you can release it in heaven. You know that you cannot be touched for you are on mission. You are a child of God that has authority and has been created to do good works. John 12, John 14, 12 through 14 says, very truly, I tell you, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, whoever believes in me will do the work, the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that my Father may be glorified in the Son. You see, you understand that as a child of God with the power and the authority that you have, you don't come in your own name. You don't come in your own power. You don't come with your own agenda, with your own plans. You come in the name of the Lord. It said, ask in my name. Asking for something in Jesus's name means that you are completely aware of who he is what he is capable of doing and what his purposes are. You see, there's a confidence that you can find in that. You see, I'm Dominican. How many Dominicans we have in the house? You know, it's probably, last time it was like three of us. Come on, one. You know, make some noise, my people. Come on, represent. Yeah, 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 okay, all three of us again. All right, so, cool, I'm Dominican. And I love going to DR. And growing up, I used to go a lot with my family. Um, and the older that I got, you know, um, people have different, you know, work schedules, all that great stuff. Um, I found myself going alone more often than not. But if I'm being honest, as much as I love going, like, I would prefer to go with my dad. First of all, let me just pause. Let me just take a moment to honor my dad who is here. Y'all say hi to Poppy. <laughs> so I like going with my dad. For one, because I don't have to spend my own money. So, you know, if you want to bless me with a flight to DR, you know, I don't have to spend my own money. But also, like, it's a different experience when I go with my dad because of the influence that he has, because of the power that he carries. And so, you know, when I go by myself, sometimes it's a little different because, you know, I'm shy. Some people may not know me or they, you know, they may or may not know me. They saw me when I was younger. And so, you know, like I, I just carry myself a little bit different. But then when I walk into spaces and they introduce me and they're like, hey, you don't know who so-and-so is? She's his daughter. They experience changes. You see, they start catering me to, be, to me a little bit different. There's like a different level of confidence that they have, that I have. There's a new level of relationship that begins to be built because of the weight that my dad name carries. You see, 
That is the same thing that happens with us as child of God. There is a difference in the name that you are operating in because of the weight that it carries. You see, that's what makes all the difference because that's where the power and the authority comes in. It says, ask in my name. So whose authority are you tapping into? Is it yours or is it his? Because when you know that it is his and it is in his name and you are mission driven, then you don't just render yourself victim to the accusations and the tactics of the enemy. Don't you know who my daddy is? Don't you know who my father is? There is no limits to the power that your prayers carry when you come in the name of the Lord, when you come in the name of your heavenly father. The word says, the word says that every knee shall bow down, that every tongue has to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. And so when you come in the name of Jesus, everything has to change. The room has to shift. The atmosphere has to shift. Yoke of sin has to be broken. Healing and restoration and breakthrough has to take place in the name of Jesus. The enemy has to flee. He has to let you go. That's the truth. That is the truth that as a child of God, in the name of Jesus, you have the power to reclaim your identity, to reclaim your family, to reclaim your legacy, to break generational curses, to reclaim your mental health and your sanity, your relationships, your life, your habits, to grow in consistency, to be disciplined and mature so that God could be glorified. You see, everything has to change in the name of Jesus. You can't stay the same in the name of Jesus because it has to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. But the enemy doesn't want you to believe that you're actually free and equipped and empowered by the spirit of God to fight and win his tactics and attacks. Today, be encouraged because all of this is not through your own self-sufficiency. All of this is not through your own works. It is because of the Holy Spirit that is inside of you that you have all that it takes to overcome. And so this brings me to my third point. Because we're talking about power, we're talking about identity, but none of that is effective if we don't abide in the truth. So you have to know the truth about whose you are and who you are. Know the truth about the power that you carry, but you have to abide in the truth. John 8, 31 through 32 says, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciple. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you read this version in other different um, translations or, or versions, it, it would say like, if you remain in my teaching, if you abide in my teaching, then you are truly my disciple. You see, when you know what you are capable of and the power that you carry, you have to learn how to apply it. But you can't apply it if you're not abiding in it. You have to abide in the truth in order for it to be effective and alive in your life. Who is truth? Jesus. What is the truth? His word. John 1, 1 through 5 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. 
In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, when you are abiding in the truth, when you are abiding in the word, you are abiding in him. It's all one and the same, for he is the word. And abiding in the truth is what empowers you and it equips you to live a life that is to live a life in light and to overcome the darkness. And so when we're talking about abiding, it means to live in, to remain, right? You're like being consumed. There's like a oneness. It means to make it your home. Today, let me ask you, what have you made your home? What have you made your home? What are you dwelling in? What are you consumed with? Have you made the lies of the enemy that you're not good enough your home? That you have no purpose? That you'll always stay broke in a place of lack and, and poverty? Is that your home? Is that what you're consumed with? Is that what you're dwelling in? Have you made depression your home? Have you made anxiety your home? Is that what you're consumed with today? Have you made sickness your home? Heartbreak, anger, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, jealousy, envy, deception. What have you made your home? What are you consumed with? Because whatever you're consumed with, whatever you're dwelling in, that's what comes out of you. That is what comes out of you. And why is that important? Well, for one... When you live in it, it lives in you, right? And so it comes out of you. And that matters because when the enemy wants to come at you and lie to you and try to deceive you and finesse you and tempt you, you have a weapon to fight. That's what the word of God is. It is a weapon that has the power to set us free from the lies of the enemy. But what good is it to have a weapon if you don't know how to use it? But you're not going to know how to use it unless you're living in it, right? And so Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. So when the enemy comes and lies to you, you have something that you can fight with. And we have to be ready because the enemy doesn't play fair. The word says that he is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He is roaming around looking for passive, lukewarm believers that can easily be influenced and confused because they don't know the truth. They have a weapon and they don't even know how to use it because they're not even in it. And that's why we have people walking around in bondage simply because they are confused and they are entangled with other stuff. You're hearing something and it sounds good, it feels good, you know, it makes sense to you in your brain and then you're running with it. And that's why we have believers talking about like, yes, Jesus, but like, let me sage my room real quick because good, good vibes, bad vibes. You either believe in Jesus and in the power of his Holy Spirit and the blood and the protection or you don't. You talking about Jesus, but crystals because of healing. Is Jesus the ultimate healer or not? Is his, is his uh, blood not sufficient? We start mixing different practices and teachings and then we want to attach Jesus to it and we can't understand why we're being attacked, why we're confused, why our reality is looking a little different. A confused person is a defenseless person. There is no power in confusion. There is no truth in that. 
But when you know the word of God, the enemy cannot play you because you know the truth. You're not easily distracted. You're not easily influenced. You don't just accept anything. For you have clarity because you know the truth. The truth abides in you and it, it lives in you. It's in you. Amen? Psalms 119.05 says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And I love that because when we're talking about light, light exposes, right? Light and darkness can coexist. And so that's exactly what the word of God does. It exposes. Not only does it expose the lies of the enemy, the attacks and the tactics of the enemy, but it also exposes us to the things in us that are not of God, to the ugly parts in our hearts that are not pleasing to the Father. It exposes us to the things that we need to surrender, to the things that we need to give over to God. That's what the word of God does for us. It is a powerful weapon. It exposes, but most importantly, his word and abiding in his word is what makes us his disciples. It is what makes us his disciples, and that is what all of this is about, because what good is it for you to know the truth if you're not applying it? You have to walk it out. That's what this is all about, being devoted followers of Jesus, of his word, of his will. We just sang that song, Firm Foundation, right? When you are a devoted follower of Christ, you are deep. Your foundation is grounded, so you're not easily shaken. You're not easily thrown off because you know who your God is. You have a solid foundation. Your roots are, you're planted, that is what a devoted follower of Christ is. That is what a disciple is. And a lot of us, we come to church on Sundays. We feel good. We're empowered. You know, we do a little diva or something throughout the week because, you know, you got to read your Bible, right? And that's cool. Like, I'm not knocking it. I do devos. I'm with it. So please hear my heart. But if we're being honest, are we abiding? Are we really abiding in the word? Many of our relationships with Jesus has boiled down to a weekend experience. To, you know, a little IG video snippet of your favorite pastor. But there's no real deep, active devotion and pursuit of intimacy with your father. You cannot have just a weekend experience because this is not a weekend war. This is a fight for your life, for your children's life, for your destiny. You see, family, we cannot be passive believers. Too many of us are comfortable with a surface-level Christianity and a surface-level relationship with Jesus, yet we want the full blessing. You want the full blessing. Yo, you cannot experience abundant life in Jesus when you're giving him bare minimum energy. You cannot access the full blessings with half obedience. There is no such thing. It is still disobedience. You either obey or you don't. You're either all in or you're not. And our life, it will be a reflection of how we are abiding and how we're walking this thing out. Because it will manifest and it's going to show the fruits that you're producing. What fruits are you producing? The Bible tells us to be doers of the word, not just hearers. 
James 1.25 says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, there is a continuing, there is a pursuit. There's something that you're, you're walking it out, right? And not forgetting what they, have ha- what they have heard, but doing it, but doing it, right? They will be blessed in what they do. That's where the blessings come in. You live out his word through obedience and that's what blesses you. You see, obedience is not optional for us believers. A lot of the times we want to pick and choose what applies to us, what doesn't. Well, like this feels good and I feel like this could be true, but maybe not this. No, it is not optional. If God told you to do something, you do it. It's actually essential in order for us to stay free and live the abundant life. We must learn how to obey and how to surrender. Surrender our will, surrender our wants, surrender our plans and our needs, what we feel, because that's where true freedom lies. Hearing the word and not doing anything with it will do you no good. A healthy Christian doesn't just look to God's word to like just store it up and keep it. No, like you want to do something with it. You want to apply it. So, you know, if you've been around me for the last few years, you know that I've been trying to get my life together. And so I've been trying to do better with like my working out and my eating and just living a healthier lifestyle. And so praise God, you know, I'm, I'm growing. But if I just go to a nutritionist, if I hire a personal trainer, and they put together this whole plan for me, and then I don't apply it and I don't do it, will I see any results? No, right? I will stay the same, nothing changes. And so the same thing happens in our relationship with Jesus, with the word of God. We have it, we hear it, but if we are not applying it, then nothing is gonna change. A relationship with Jesus is never passive and unchanging. It's either growing or it's dying. It's either being strengthened or it's declining. But there should always be progression. Fruit should be produced. Not just any kind of fruit, but good fruit. Because that is what proves us to be his disciples. John 15, 4, 9 says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you cannot, you can't do nothing. Apart from me, you can't do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fi- thrown into the fire and burnt. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Apart from him, you cannot do anything. The fruit that you're bearing, it will not be good fruit. It will have you in a place that you will be bounded to your desires, to your emotions, to your thoughts, to your will. 
And those things are deceptive and they're destructive. It leads to death. I love what theologian James Boyce writes. He said, when our Lord says, abide in me, he is talking about the will, about the choices, the decisions that we make. We must decide to do things which expose ourselves to him and keep ourselves in contact with him. That, that is what it means to abide in him. And so if you're in this place and you're like, God, like, I want to do your will. How do I know what you want? How do I know what your will is? How do I know what your way is? Am I making the right choice? Where are you abiding? Because when you abide, there's a oneness. And that is what's going to put you in a place that you're going to be able to be sensitive to what it is that he is wanting for you. What it is that he is trying to do through you and for you. We must be one with him and with his word. For that is what makes our power and our authority effective. Because it's all through him and it's for him. And so he wants more for you. He has for, more for you. His ways are better than your ways. His thoughts are bigger than your thoughts. He wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more. But will you abide? And so... Obedience is what unlocks the blessing, the power, provision, and protection that God has for us. It is what takes us from the lobby to the rooftop, from glory to glory. And the beautiful thing is that we have been given two promises. When you abide, when you are in him, when you are his disciple, the promise is that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How many of us want freedom and need freedom in this place? You see, I believe that the Lord right now is giving you a choice. You can be like the Israelites who stayed in the wilderness for way longer than they had to, right? A journey that was supposed to be a few days became a few years. They dealt with being captive and in bondage because of their, their, their disobedience. Or you can experience the blessings of obedience. Because that is where true freedom comes from. Obeying the word, loving God, and keeping his commands. You cannot do one without the other. You have to walk this thing out daily when it feels good and when it doesn't, when it makes sense and when it doesn't, when it goes according to your plan and when it doesn't. In Deuteronomy 11, 22 to 24, the Lord lays this out to the Israelites, right? As they're going through their, through their journey to get to the promised land. This is what he says. He says, if you carefully observe all of these commands I am giving you to follow, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to hold fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you and you will dispossess nations longer, larger and stronger than you. Every place where you set your foot will be yours. No one will be able to stand against you. That is the promise when you walk in obedience. Verse 26 says, See, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing 
if you walk, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, the curse, if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn from the way that I commanded you today by following other gods which you have not known. That is the choice that the Lord, I believe, is placing before many of us here today. You see, if we hate sin, we follow Christ and we seek to serve him continuously, then his blessing and his power, power, it will be ours. But if we depart from God and his righteous ways, we will lose God's presence, his help, and his covenant protection. Family, there's levels to this. You will never have to walk in darkness. He said, but you will have the light of life. The veil has been torn. Access has been granted. It's already yours through Christ Jesus. But will you walk in it? Will you choose to stay free? Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.